0: Thanks for joining us here at Life Church. We are one church meeting in multiple locations and reaching around the world with the help of Church Online. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out online simply by going to life.church. Or we'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week and everywhere you go with the all-new and updated Life Church app with more content than ever before. All you have to do is download it wherever you download your apps from. Coming up today, we start a brand new message series that goes hand in hand with our senior pastor, Craig Rochelle's new book, Divine Direction, Seven Decisions That Will Change Your Life. It's available wherever books are sold or at divinedirectionbook.com. But today we start laying a foundation to help us make decisions that determine the direction of our life as we set a foundation of understanding that God is far less concerned with what we do and more concerned with who we're becoming in part one of Divine Direction.
1: Hey, it's great to have you with us today at all of our Life Churches. We are celebrating amazing news to the glory of God at all Life Churches. We're seeing 1,236 people baptized this weekend. A massive congratulations to every single one of you. Every one of you has an amazing story. I wanna just highlight and congratulate Joe a professional BMX driver in Tulsa, Oklahoma, new in Christ. Lyndon in Keller, we praise God for his miraculous work in your life. Anthony in Rio Rancho, uh, coming out of some amazing challenges. Your sins are forgiven. You are new in Christ. And also Robert in Albany, New York. We thank God for you. You are drug free, no more addiction, set free by the grace of Jesus. it's incredibly emotional to me just to watch at my particular Life Church, um, seeing the tears and seeing the couples that are being baptized together. And man, I mean, teenagers passionate for Jesus. We can never, ever take this for granted. And I also want to highlight just a couple of uh, maybe three Life Church locations. You are sitting in one service of 55 services in uh, 26 locations in eight different states. And we only get to see a little bit what's going on, but I want to highlight um, Life Church in Kansas, in Kansas, in the United States. There are two locations there that are um, almost brand new, and this this kind of stuff just doesn't happen um, in the church. It's, it's hard to imagine. Overland Park, Kansas, the greater Kansas City area. This location is less than one year old, and last weekend they had over 1,700 people worshiping in Overland Park, Kansas. Somebody better get excited because. Yeah. We are celebrating something only God could do. And then in Wichita, Kansas, this they've only been in their building for a little bit over a year. Last weekend, over 2,700 people gathered in Wichita, Kansas, with tons and tons of people coming to Christ. And as amazing as all those stories are, in every city that we've been in, in every place we've had the, the privilege to Um, impact around the world. I have never seen anything like what's going on right now in Albany, New York. Um, This is considered the number one most post-Christian city in the United States. Last weekend in Albany, New York, 69 people surrendered their lives to Christ. Let me tell you, we are not praying for revival. We are living in the middle of one. I hope you'll hear this, listen to me. We are not praying for revival. We're living in the middle of one. These are special things that only our God could do. And thank you to every single one of you. For your part, what you do impacts the whole. Um, I want to tell you today, I am overwhelmed with ex- excitement to announce we're launching into a brand new four part message series. It's called Divine Direction, based on my book, brand new, that just released this week Seven Decisions That Will Change Your Life. They are available at Life Churches while supplies last. They are available um, all over the world. You can order them uh, through divinedirectionbook.com. Uh, Barnes and Nobles, you can get at Amazon, Mardell, anywhere books are sold. We are launching brand new life groups during this message series. Life groups are the heartbeat of everything that we do. And if you're not yet connected in a um, intimate community of people, this is the best time to do so. The story behind Divine Direction is this. Uh, As a pastor, now I've pastored for 26 years, 21 years at Life Church, by far, hands down, beyond a shadow of a doubt, the most commonly asked question that I get goes something like this. What do you think God wants me to do? What do you think God wants me to do? What is God's will for my life? What do you think God wants me to do? And I wanna focus on the what and the do. What do What do you think God wants me to do? What and do, what and do, we'll come back to this. What and do, what do you think God wants me to do? In fact, this book, Divine Direction, talks about seven decisions that will change your life. And a key thought from the book is this, that the decisions that we make today determines the stories that we tell tomorrow. So important. Our decisions matter so much. In fact, who are you today? Essentially, who are you today? You are a result of the decisions that you made in the past. Who will you become and what will you be able to accomplish in the future? For the most part, it will be a direct result of the decisions that you make today. But let's be honest. So many of us are not always great decision makers. How many of you would agree? Have any of you ever made a permanent decision based on a temporary emotion? And have you ever lost your temper when you shouldn't have? Don't raise your hand. But did any of you lose your temper on the way to church right now, even today? Shut up, kid, I'm gonna kill you. We're gonna go worship Jesus and you're gonna love it, the glory of God, shut up, right? a lot of times, we'll end up making decisions that we regret. I don't know what you might regret. Maybe you regret someone that you dated. Oh my gosh, I wish I could go back and do that over again. Maybe you regret a big purchase. I wish that I hadn't done that. Maybe it was a move. Maybe for you, it was when you said, hey, hey, watch this. right, you regret that. you know, for those of you that are rednecks and you're proud of it, yours are like this, hey, hold my beer, watch, <laughs> whatever, you know. And that's your story. We end up regretting so many decisions that we make. Some of you right now, you have significant decisions to make. You're a senior, you're graduating. What do I do next year? Do I go to this university? Or do I go to that university? Do I take a super senior year? Do I major in this? Do I major in that? Some of you are dating somebody. You know, they're pretty good, but do you see some things you're not so sure about? Should I stick with this person and hope they change or should I, you know, w- you know wait for someone else to come along? Should I take this new job offer that I have? Uh, you know, there's some risk to it or should I stay at the one that I- I've got here? You know, should um, I buy a new car or try to keep the old one alive for six more months? Should, I, should we have a third kid Or should we get a little snip, snip, snip? You know, two is two enough? I don't know what it would be, but a lot of you have decisions that are very important to make and you want some divine direction. What's really interesting to me, I've studied a lot about decision-making and there's a lot today written about the challenge that the generation known as the millennials are having making decisions. Really interesting to me because I'm raising um, some in this age group and according to our last study, 75% of the staff members at our church are millennials, which is very encouraging to me. And I love this generation, There's, there's so many positives. But what is true is this generation is having a more difficult time committing and making decisions as to previous generations. And the biggest theory behind why it's such a struggle is that this generation has far more options than any previous generation. You know, when I graduated high school, it was like if you could afford it, it was college or, you know, we went to work. Now it's like, you know, college online, super senior year, travel the world, start a business, hope I make it big on YouTube, you know, whatever it is. And there's so many different options. And so there are many that are having a difficult time making a decision. And I understand this, okay? I was on an international flight and I wanted to watch a comedy movie and there were five to choose from. And so I made a very easy choice. The other night I wanted to watch a funny movie. And so I got on Netflix. And you know the story. There's so many options, I searched for 45 minutes, got frustrated and watched nothing. What What do we have? We have the Netflix generation that has so many options, it's very difficult to make a decision. And so what happens is, many in this generation are afraid of making an imperfect decision. So instead of making what may be an imperfect decision, they often make no decision, and no decision ends up becoming a much worse decision than an imperfect decision. We need some divine direction. So in the upcoming weeks, we're gonna get very practical, really practical, and I promise you that. Today, what we're gonna do is today, we're gonna to build a foundation. And I wanna to try to answer a big question when it comes to God's will, what does God care about? And we're gonna look at two thoughts that are really important to build a foundation that we will move upon in the weeks to come. What does God care about? The first thing, if you're taking notes, is this. God cares about who before do. When it comes to the will of God, God cares more about who you are than what you're gonna do vocationally. God cares about who before do. 1 Thessalonians 4.3 tells us this. What is God's will? I want to know what God's will is for my life. What is God's will? Well, God's will for you is to be an accountant. It's not what the Bible says, does it? Nor a missionary. What is God's will? God's will for you is what? Say it with me. It is to be holy. What is God's will? God's will for you is more about The who first, then it is the do later. God's will for you is to be holy. In fact, the Greek word translated as holy, is the word hagios. It means to be set apart. It means to be different. If you are a Jesus follower, you are not to look like this world, be driven by the values of this world, live for what this temporary world deems as important. You are to be conformed to the image of Jesus. And this is why I didn't call the book Divine Destination because you never arrive. Instead, we're moving in a direction, we're moving toward Jesus, we're becoming like him. In fact, when you look at Jesus, what's really interesting is Jesus doesn't talk about people's careers. You're called to be this, you're called to be that. What does Jesus talk about? He talks about the who much more than the do. Jesus doesn't talk about vocational career. Jesus talks about character. Jesus talks about calling. In fact, the only time Jesus brought up someone's job, oftentimes what he was doing was saying, I'm inviting you to leave that job to follow me. Because, Who you're following, Jesus, is even more important than what you're doing vocationally. Who before do. So the question that people ask is essentially this. What does God want me to do? What and do? A better question is this. Who does God want me to become? If you'll start there, that truth, the who, will eventually lead you to the right do when you're becoming who God wants you to be. To Jesus, the who comes before the do. For example, let me ask you a question. I hope that you're kind to me because you could really hurt my feelings and then I would go home depressed all day. How many of you would say that, Craig, it's probably God's will that you're a pastor? Raise your hand, raise your hand. All right, last night my mom cheered. Nobody cheered now, but I wish my mom was here again. Let me my mom cheered. Thank you, mom, I wish my mom was here. Okay. Thank you, friends of my mom. So, is it God's will that I'm a pastor? I'm gonna argue that that is his secondary purpose and will. His primary will is that I am holy. His primary will is more about my character than it is about my job. A pastor is what I do, but it is not who I am. And I could be a pastor and out of God's will if my heart is not right with God and my character is weakening. For example, if I preach a really good message but I'm abusive to my wife, I am not in God's will, right? If I preach a really good message and I am abusing my children, I am not in God's will. If I'm a charismatic leader and I get a lot done and I don't pay my bills, I'm irresponsible with money, I don't live up to those responsibilities. I am not in God's will, why? Because who to God matters before do, who I am as a person. And I believe that God would rather me do anything than be a pastor if I cannot be a pastor with integrity. God would rather me do anything with a pure heart before him than to do something that appears spiritual and live with ongoing unconfessed sin in my life. God is more concerned with the who before the do. So how does this apply to you? Well, should I date this person or not? Doesn't matter who you date, date the person with integrity serving Jesus. Do what God would call you to do as you're dating this person, worry about who you are, be the right who when you're dating someone and serve Jesus there. Well, should I stay in this place or should I take another job somewhere else? Doesn't matter where you are, Be a faithful Jesus follower there. Well, should I major in business or elementary ed? Whatever you major in, make sure you are serving Jesus there before you think about the do in the future, think about the who in the present, instead of just saying, what do you want me to do in the future, Jesus? Who do you want me to become in the present? Start with the who, divine direction. We're being conformed to the image of Jesus step-by-step we're following after him and becoming more like him. What does God care about? What is God's will? God's will is who before do. And the second thing, if you're taking notes, is God's will is why before what? God's will is why before what? Motives matter to the heart of God. Scripture says it this way in Proverbs 16:2 that you may think everything you do is right. In other words, we have the uh, unbelievable ability to deceive ourselves. The heart is deceitful above all things. You may think everything you do is right, but the Lord judges your motives. Motives matter to God. In fact, there's an old saying that there's two reasons why everyone does something. There's a reason we tell everybody else and there's the real reason, right? There's a reason we say, and there's the real reason, and motives matter. For example, I've got six children, and I've got one that, has, um, that buttering up is an art form. It's like a spiritual gift. Daddy, you are the greatest. Daddy, I love you so much. Daddy, can I snuggle up with you, Daddy? I thank God in heaven that he gave me you. I could have had any, Daddy, but I gave you, God gave me you. Daddy, I just want you to know I love you, Daddy. That's all. I love you, Daddy. I love you, Daddy. I mean, I love you, Daddy. Oh, by the way, Daddy, <laughs> can we have a kitten? <laughs> Motives matter to God and they matter to Daddy, and that's why there is no kitten in the hell <laughs> house. Motives matter to God. Anytime I pray a prayer that's listed in Psalm 39, it's, um, it's a really powerful prayer. Search My heart, oh God, see if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. It's scary to me how often my motives are impure. If I take the time to just be really honest before God, it's it's horrifying to me how often my motives are more me-centered than Christ or other-centered. It's about what I want. And here's the problem. It's almost impossible to get to the right place when you have the wrong motives. It's almost impossible to end up in the right destination when you start with the wrong why. The why really matters to God. Examine your motives. What is God's will? What does God want me to do? So you're gonna buy the car? Why, why Why are you buying the car? Is it because you, you can afford it and you want reliable transportation? Or are you trying to make a statement that you cannot afford? Nobody said amen, Pastor. Everybody's been all quiet, right? You know, if you're if you're complimenting someone, is it because you're sincere or because you want them to think better of you? If you're posting the photo, is it because you want to, you know, share something meaningful to you or you know bring point to the goodness of God? Or because you want everyone else to think, wow, look how cool, look how important, look at those new shoes, look at that, look at that body, look at that Fitspo body, or whatever. I'm serious. What's the motive behind it? What's the motive? Why before what? Who before do? Paul said it so powerfully. God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? This is what Paul said, Colossians 317. He said, and whatever you do, let's all say that phrase aloud. Paul said, and whatever you do, one more time, and, Whatever you do, whether you're you know an entry-level worker or running a company, whether you're a, you're a student or you're the teacher of the class, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, what, what are we to do? We are to do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Whatever you do, wherever you are, serve Christ there. Wherever you live, serve him there. Whoever you're dating, serve him there. You may say, well, I'm just a stay-at-home mom and I'm up to my neck in laundry and poop. Well. Wash that laundry and clean that poop for the glory of Jesus. That's the cleanest laundry and the most poop-free baby butt cracks ever. Why? You're You're praying for your child. You're discipling your child. It's a difficult season, but you're doing it with the right motives. You may say, you know, I'm just a student, but all I've got aspirations one day, I'm gonna do something big. Listen, be faithful when you're doing something small, long before you expect something big. Serve Jesus where you are. Be a, one day I'm gonna be a missionary overseas. Well, be a missionary in your biology class, right where you are. Be faithful where you are. You know, well, I'm gonna one day something, but I'm just a, I'm an entry-level fast food worker. You know, I'm the fry guy. Listen, do fries better than anybody else did, did fries. Then one day you'll be flipping burgers and do burgers and do them well, wherever you are. Instead of saying, God, what's that big thing you have out there? Serve Jesus right here. When you serve Jesus right here, it helps you get to the right there. This is the big mistake. People look at someone who's successful and they think they must've made a few really big decisions that helped them become successful. No, 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 no. There were thousands of daily decisions. You see someone who's faithfully making a difference for God. There are countless decisions of denying self, dying to self, day after day. Who before do, why before what. When we get those right, God leads us step by step into the right places. God is calling you. God's will is who before do and why before what. In fact, I wanna take a moment and tell you about Um, one of the most influential men in my life. And I've bragged on a lot of men before. My dad uh, is a hero to me, what he's overcome and who he is today. Um, And what he does is uh, worthy of applause and honor to God. My pastor, Pastor Nick Harris, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for him. Pastor Bill Hybels, he shattered the way I thought about church. Dave Ramsey in my late 20s discipled me financially. Our church is what we are today financially because of his influence and his friendship. Uh, Mike Liddell, a local businessman has helped me um, think and, and, and learn how to run a better organization, to so many men. I wanna tell you about a guy. And before I tell you about who he is, I wanna tell you what he hasn't done. Um, this particular man never started a business, uh, to my knowledge, never preached a sermon, never started a nonprofit, didn't do that, who he is is um, what's impacted me. This man is a discipler, That's who he is. Since I've known him almost 30 years, he has always had a small group in his home and has has helped people become better followers of Jesus. If you were ever in this guy's life group, you are closer to Jesus today, period. He's discipled more men, um, one-on-one than anybody I know. Very quietly, breakfast, lunch, a man has a question, a man has an addiction, difficult time. And this guy listens and gently leads them um, in a direction. This man is a giver. Um, He's a tither, always a tither. And if there's any offering, any offering immediately, we're going to give to this, we're going to give to this, we're going to give to this. Never, you know, massive big gifts, always faithful every single time. In fact, he would be embarrassed if I said this, but I'm going to say it anyway, because I think it's super cool. He has a specialty thing because he has a heart, uh, I think maybe because of what his mom went through. When he sees a widow with really pat, bad transportation or no transportation, he helps widows get cars. I don't know how many I've seen over the years. In fact, just recently, there was one lady who came to me crying, she said, he got me a car, he's got a moonroof up there, I do not even know what a moonroof, she's excited about her moonroof. And so he'll raise $50 from someone, $20 from someone, $100 from someone, get $3,000, go pick out a car, get it cleaned up and gives it to widows. This guy, um, every time he texts me, so meaningful. Once you to know I love you, here's what I'm praying for you today. Every time I see him, we bump, you know, once a month, we see, he said, hey, let me tell you what I read in my UVersion Bible plan today. Then I'll talk about what's in the word. Let me tell you about this guy. What he does vocationally and professionally is not what impacted me, but who he is spiritually is who's impacted me. And this man is my wife, Amy's dad, Sam Fox. Who he is has shaped who I've become. When I see him, I want to be more like him because he's more like Jesus than I am. Hear me. Not what he does, who he is has impacted me. So many people, what does God want me to do? A better starting place is who does God want me to become. This is my favorite season of life. Every season is my favorite. This is my favorite. We just had a grandkid. I think I probably told you that. I'll probably tell you that again. I'll show you a picture on my phone if I bump into you anywhere. Pretty cool kid. Fighter. Six weeks early, fighting on strong. The kid's a little warrior, okay? It's really so rewarding. And what's fun to me is I think I've probably past the halfway point of life, which is meaningful to me. It makes you start evaluating things, meaning there's probably more days in my past than in my future, unless I live to be like 100 or so, which I might do that, you never know. I eat good and exercise regularly, but who knows. And so it's, you, I evaluate things a little differently now. And I hope one day I get to die um, in a bed somewhere, It'd be probably f- pretty dramatic to die while I'm preaching, like he was going and then he's not. <laughs> but, That might not be best for you all, (laughs) and so who knows. And so I hope I'm in bed one day, and I I hope that Amy's still alive next to me, because if she goes before me, it's not going to be pretty. And I'll hold her hand, and let me tell you what we will not talk about. We won't sit there and say, remember when I was 28 years old, and we started the church with nothing? We won't talk about that. Remember when we showed video teaching for the first time? Remember when we went multi-site? Remember when we decided to give away free resources? Remember, remember when we started the YouVersion Bible app? Hey, remember those books I wrote? This one is my 12th books. Let's say I write 25, 30, I don't know. Can you believe I wrote 28 books in my life? We will not talk about that. I'll hold her hand if I get that moment, and I'll think about 60 years of faithfully serving one another, being faithful to one woman from the time I said I do. My kids are on the right track. God willing, they'll still be there. And we'll think about who we were, helped them to be Jesus followers in their adult life. Let me tell you what we'll think about, stuff and none of you know about. The private decisions, the sacrifices, the, uh, the private pain, because we never set out to do the do. Every day, it was to be faithful to Jesus in that day. I'll think about countless stories that matter to me more than the public victories, but it's the private ones. Like when I was writing the book, my youngest daughter Joy came up and said, Daddy, Daddy, can we play? I said, Joy, your dad's writing a book. Important stuff. Daddy, I'm only gonna be little for a little while, and you don't wanna miss what's really important, do you? And I'll think about shutting it down that day, putting the computer down and spending the rest of the day with my youngest daughter. I will think about who long before do. I'll think about the why before the what because that matters to God and that will matter to me. and That will matter to us. Think about Jesus, think about Jesus. Think about what he endured. The people that he came to love, hated him and killed him. Tortured him brutally beyond measure. He didn't even look like a human being. How do you think he endured that? Why do you you think he didn't call angels from heaven? Poop, splat. How did he do what he did? He knew who he was. He knew why he came. Who was he? The son of God, God in the flesh, here to bring freedom and life. Why did he come? not to be served. God in the flesh came to serve others. He came to give his life as a ransom for others. How did he do what he did? He knew who he was and he knew why he came. When you wanna do something big in the future, be who God calls you to be today. I wanna to do something big for God. Do something small today. Because when you are faithful with the little, guess what? God will trust you with Much, know who you are, a child of God. Remember for some of you, God's will for you is more of a someone than a something. It's a someone now rather than a something out there. It's a person, I want a calling. Here's a calling, love is your calling, love. You want a calling, serve. That's a calling, serve one another. When you look at the teachings of Jesus, there's not so much about career. It's all about people. Love God and love people. The greatest command, love God and love people. That's a reflection of who we are. Here's the power. When you get the who right, you do more. When you get the why right, the what has power. Instead of obsessing with what's out there, be faithful with what's right here. When you're faithful with what's right here, you'll end up at the right there. Man plans his purposes, but God directs his steps. And that's why when I'm being conformed to the image of Jesus, I don't have to worry about the future like Jesus says, because he will take me step by step. Not toward this divine destination out there, but in a divine direction. Every single day, I'm following you and becoming like you. So some of you are like going, well, great. I wanted some direction because I got a decision to make. we'll will be more practical, but don't miss the power of this. Two big thoughts. Everything leads to this moment. If you're taking notes, here's what you need to understand. If you are becoming the right who, God will help you choose the right do. Let me say it again. If you are becoming the right who, God will help you choose the right do. And if you're driven by the right why, God will lead you to the right what? If you're driven by the right why, he will lead you to the right what? So, you ready for this? Whatever you do, whoever you're dating, wherever you live, Whatever your job, whatever your current status is in life right now, whatever you do, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of Jesus. Don't worry about the do out there. Worry about the who right here. And Jesus will lead you to the right do when you get the right who. It is not about us. It's about us conforming to the image of Jesus and that he will guide your steps. And when he does, he will do exceedingly and abundantly more in you and through you than he could ever ask, think, or imagine when you're faithful today. Don't freak out about what's out there. Be faithful with what's right here and he will lead you to the right there. Father, we ask today that you would conform us to the image of your son, do a miracle, miracles, God, in who we are. All of our churches, as you take a moment and reflect in prayer, for those of you that are Jesus followers, I wonder how many of you have decisions to make? Raise your hands right now. You got big decisions coming up, okay. How many of you say, before I focus on the do or the what, I wanna give God permission to work on my who and my why? Would you lift your hands right now? All of our churches, just lift up your hands. Father, I pray today as hands are lifted toward heaven, as it's so easy and tempting to ask, what do you want me to do, God? We're gonna stop and pause and say first, who do you want us to become? And God, I pray that I would never focus on my vocation and not my character. God, that we would get the who right before you. God, wherever there's sin in our lives, wherever there's a lack of the fruit of the spirit, we bring this before you. We ask for healing, we ask for forgiveness. God, we ask that we would have fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. God, I pray that before we focus on the what, that the motives would be right, that we would live for you in all that we do. I pray, God, that you would do life-transforming power in our hearts today, conform us to the image of your son, Jesus. May you take us in his direction, divine direction, step by step, becoming closer to him and becoming like him. All of our churches, as you continue to pray, nobody looking around. Some of you, if we were sitting across from each other, maybe having a real casual conversation, And I ask you, so how do you feel about your life if you're honest? Some of you might say, you know, I really don't like who I am. When you look at what you've done, you might have a lot of regrets, feel guilty. The truth is the best person here, the best person here, doesn't even qualify for God based on our own righteousness, because the truth is all of us have sinned. All of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Why are you here? Some of you, you are here because God's Will for you is to say yes to Jesus. Why did Jesus come? He came to give his life. Who was he? The son of God who was without sin. Why did that matter? Because he was the perfect sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins. He died in our place. He shed his blood for our sins. On the third day, he rose from the dead. Why? Because he defeated death, hell, victory in the grave. Now anyone, and this includes you, who calls on the name of Jesus, would be saved. His name is above every other name, the name of Jesus. We're separated from God by our sins. Jesus forgives our sins. When you call on him, God remembers your sins no more. You don't become a better version of you, you become a new version of you. New creation, the old is gone. There are those of you at all of our churches, you can sense your direction. It's away from your sin, it's toward Jesus. All of our churches, those who say, I need his grace, I need his mercy, today I trust in him. I surrender my life to Jesus, that's your prayer. Lift your hands now, all over the place and say, yes, that's my prayer. Right here, back here in the middle section, right back there, God bless you guys. Over here as well, others of you, both of you back here, say yes. Right back over here, Jesus, lift up your hands high. Let me just acknowledge you eye to eye right here, God bless you, sir, in this section. Others today, way back over here, right over here in this section. Church online, you click below, right back over here. I call on you, Jesus. I call on you, Jesus. All of our churches, both hands raised back there. We worship you, God. Pray aloud with those around you. Nobody prays alone. Pray, Heavenly Father, I surrender to you. Take all of my life. Make me brand new. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your spirit so I can know you and serve you and follow you. Direct my steps into your will. Help me be faithful to you today because my life is not my own. I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Would you worship big, worship big, worship big. We're not praying for revival. We're living in the middle of one. We're living in the middle of one new life in Christ. Lives being changed, get people here. Let Jesus set them free. Worship God for new life in Christ.
0: It's our honor as a church to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life. And we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to life.church slash next. You know, recently I had a chance to catch up with Pastor Craig Rochelle to hear a little bit more about the motivation behind the series, Divine Direction, as we went Behind the Message. Hey life Church, going behind the message with Pastor Craig Rochelle. Early February, but already a lot happened. We got a new leadership podcast that came out earlier this month, but also this week, Divine Direction, your yes. latest book coming out. A lot of people excited. Can you tell us a little bit about it?
1: Yeah, well, I'm super excited about it. And really the big thrust behind it is the most commonly asked question that I get as a pastor is some version of what does God want for my life? What should I do? How do I know? And so what I want to do in the book, Divine Direction, is really try to help show the reader that a successful God-honoring life is not a result of a few big decisions, but literally hundreds and hundreds of daily small faithful decisions. So we try to break the book into something that's bite-sized, chewable, and really start making the right decisions and they'll compound into the right life that God wants for us.
0: chewable, but also very applicable. Yes. Very (laughs) applicable. You're one of the best teachers of like, here's biblical truth. But here's what you do with it tomorrow. Thank you. It's
1: amazing how kind my staff is. That yeah. You're, that you're, it's almost like I you, know. you or whatever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but on top of that, not only a new book, here at Life Church, Divine Direction, the sermon yeah. series starts yeah. this weekend. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. Well, what I'm excited about is we're doing all new content. So what's in the book is in the book, and then everything on the weekend is going to be totally brand new content. And this weekend, I don't want to give it away, but I'm going to actually maybe surprise people and show them. Um, A foundational step that will help them make decisions in a much easier way. And then weeks two, three, and four, we're going to get really, really practical and determine how do we take next steps in God's direction. So first week's foundational, then we're going to get really practical. And I actually think this could be um, a defining message series that empowers people to make decisions moving forward. Yeah,
0: great sermon series. I know a lot of us have seasons in our life where we know people that are maybe currently in a season, but we've got to make some decisions and we don't know where to turn. This is a great time to do it. Divine Direction is out now, divinedirectionbook.com. Yep. You've got a book that you can order, you've got an audio book, additional resources all there. And at all of our life church locations at Church Online, Divine Direction, the Sermon Series yep. coming up. It's gonna be a great month. We'll see you soon. And remember, see whoever finds God finds life.